Welcome. How's everybody today? I want to welcome all of you guys. Listen, at Castle Rock, I, I don't know if the folks at our campuses know, but we can see them. <laughs> Castle Rock, you got somebody, DJ on the right there eating popcorn. Let's see, Highlands Ranch. Hey, could you wake that guy up? <laughs> and then uh, Lakewood. I won't tell you what happened to Lakewood. Anyway, uh, this does not apply to live stream, just so you know. Want to make sure that if you're home in your pajamas, it's not applicable there. So anyway, hey, we're so glad you're here. Uh, it's really great to have you. We're very excited. We've been in the middle of a summer of a fun movie series. And if uh, you're on vacation or going on vacation, we, we encourage that. But if you're here, come and be a part and follow this series. I will tell you, in my own opinion, this has, I think, been the best summer of teaching that we've ever had. Each message is just power-packed and uh, all of our teachers have done a good job. We started with Pastor John uh, several weeks ago and then uh, followed by DJ. And DJ, did you like his message or not? If we're here, did he bring it? That was awesome. He, uh, he actually started me thinking about my message and I actually took a different direction as a result of his message. It really spoke to my heart. And I love DJ's uh, enthusiasm and passion and his humor. He is, he is a human sound machine. He has more noises. I only have a couple, and they're different. And so uh, thank you, DJ, for that message. really spoke to my heart. And then last week, Evan, did. you got a gift. You really do. You, you have a way. Please let him know. You have a teaching gift. You make the scriptures easy to grasp. You tie in just life and family in such a way. I love it. But I have to admit, I was convicted. He was talking last week. If you didn't hear it, go back online. And, and he talked about his Fitbit. You remember when he talked about his Fitbit? I felt convicted. I've had this Fitbit for almost a year. And this is the first time I put it on. Sometime this week, I'll turn it on. So uh, let me just share, you saw earlier a video uh, about Right Now Media. Uh, I want to share personal thoughts with that. I've seen this uh, uh, offer for our church now for a couple years. I was looking at it a couple years ago. It continues to get better. It's an amazing resource library. JFC's actually bought uh, the rights to share this with everybody here. And so we're very excited about the library that they mentioned. Uh, I've seen a lot of them, a lot of the teaching there, a lot of leadership training uh, finances, you name it, they're there. They're amazing. And they're for you to take. And if you want to send it to a friend or a family, it's a great way that you can share that with other people. Now, so let me just share you something interesting. Everyone who's already signed into our JFC portal, if, you're a, if, if you've logged in, you're a part of our JFC portal, tomorrow at 930, or excuse me, Sunday at 930 a.m., you're going to receive a notice, an email that gives you a link. It's the free gift for Right Now Media. If you're not logged on to the portal or a part, you can do so by signing in to jfc.org backslash login. You can be a part of that uh, uh, portal. And what they'll do is uh, later this week, they'll send you the link as well. Uh, once you take a look at it, I think you'll be amazed. And it's a, a tool that we're looking at for a lot of other things that we've got going on here at the church. So now, as I mentioned, DJ and Evan, uh, they covered some of those little lightweight movies, you know, sissy movies, Avengers, Born Identity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get deep. I'm going to share something be, just powerful. 
Uh, it's a thought-provoking movie, and it's just released, and it's called Finding Dory. Okay, now, um, when I shared this to the teaching team, I was so excited about this message that I, I told them, I'm going to do uh, uh, from the movie Finding Dora. And they said, no, that's a show. That, that doesn't work. It's got a little monkey and all that. So just to be clear, we're looking at Finding Dory. Take a look at this uh, trailer that's been out. Hello. Did you hear that? What was that? You're what? Stan, I just, I heard someone say hello. Yeah, there's a lot of fish here. Anybody, literally anybody could have just said hello. hello. There. Where am I looking? There. Oh. Hi, I'm Dory. Yeah, well, where are your parents? Hi, I've lost my family. Where did you see them last? I forgot. I was looking for something and I, okay, totally get it, date night. I suffer from short-term memory loss. It runs in my family. At least I think it does. Where are they? Dory, there you are! Guys. Look out! Ah. Oh, look at this. Our friend got taken into whatever this place is. It's a fish hospital. I feel fantastic! Listen! Dude. Name's Hank. I have to find my family. That's a hard one, kid. Well, I guess you're stuck here. You're not helping, Bill. Fragile things! I lost my family. That is so sad. You weren't there. Not a great swimmer. Our friend is in there, lost, alone. Bailey, you've got to use your echolocation. Ooh, I feel stupid. Poor baby. Let me get that for you. Woo! Mom! Dad! She should just pick two and let's go. Dad. What? I'm kidding. Somewhere out there is my family. I can't find them on my own. Hang on, Dory! Surf's up, dude! Into me! Ah! I don't want to be touched! <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Everybody does it. Nothing to be ashamed of. I trust Becky. You trust Becky. Becky's eating a cup. Just keep swimming. Mom, Dad. Does this mean we have to say goodbye to Dory? I don't know why I thought I could do this. Dory, you are about to find your parents. And when you do that, So um, I went and saw the movie. Uh, I was the only gray-haired guy there without kids. <laughs> and I won't give anything away, but it's a great movie. And throughout, you just see the story of her longing for, remembering bits and pieces about her family. And so the movie takes you through a journey with her throughout all the characters as the Disney does. So uh, what makes a family? My original intent with this message when we started looking at this several uh, weeks ago was to talk about family. I love family. I love marriages. I love all those things. I've made a lot of mistakes. I can share a lot of truths about that that might help you. But a few weeks ago, I was sleeping in the middle of the night, woke up at three in the morning just right away and was just started thinking about the message. And I just believed in my heart that God just said, let's go a different direction. It shouldn't be about family. All right. It should be something even bigger and more amazing and wonderful. So let me ask you this. What makes a family? What do we long for in finding a family? Everybody here, would you raise your hand if you were born? 100%. Thank you. That's awesome. I was a little worried. I can see there at Lakewood, the guy's raising his hand. Good job. All right. So you are born or you are invited into a family by adoption. So you are a part of a family by one of those means. It's a place to grow and develop. So we define that as maturity. And last, it's a place where you're loved and accepted. It's about relationship. 
Now, we're a part of a special family, and the thing that the Lord put on my heart was, let's call this message Finding the Family of God. So we're going to go with that direction today. Family can mean a lot of things. I don't know about your family. There were some great warm and fuzzy moments, a lot of fun. But also it can be a place of friction, chaos, difficulty, heartache. A lot of times in reality for all of us growing up, it was usually both. Family is a place where we share life. We grow, learn, eat, struggle, laugh, love. It's a place of being together and then maybe having a little personal space in the middle of that. Sometimes it's easy to be part of a family. How many would say sometimes it's hard to be part of a family? All those born, raise your hand. Thank you. But listen to this. Being a part of a family is vital, vital to your existence and growth as a person. Family is a lifelong process. A lot of care and effort goes into raising a child. Now, the teaching team, we were talking about this. TJ and I kind of talked about when, when we were kids or when we had our kids uh, just a few years ago, uh, it was an amazing thing, okay? Like for kids, for snacks, how many gave your kids, uh, those of you that are my age, Cheerios? Carried a little baggie or a little uh, Tupperware? Do you remember what Tupperware was? Okay, a little Tupperware of Cheerios. Okay, now if you go to the baby aisle, can you imagine some of the snacks now? Quinoa enhanced fortified kale chips or stuff like that. They're feeding babies that. Can you believe that? What baby would want that? Give me Cheerios. Honey nut Cheerios for clarity's sake. But a lot of care goes into raising a child. At some point, you begin to grow. You get to the point where you take care of yourself. And as time goes on, you grow and start your own family. There's a natural progression. It's a lifelong process meant to take place in our lives. Now, let me just say, this is so true in the family of God, the church. In scripture, we are described in many places as a family. I put a lot of those verses in your notes. I'm not going to read it all. The entire Bible is the story of God building and reconnecting a family. And it's not just a family that comes and goes. This family is forever family. And that alone should make us take the family of God seriously. You and I are part of this eternal group, the forever family of God. Now, the Apostle Paul states in his first letter to Timothy, I am writing, he says, that you will know how to live in the family of God. That family is the church of the living God, the support and the foundation of truth. We have a great part in what God is doing in this world today and in our own individual lives. So I wanted to give you a few things today on how you live in the family of God. First one, be in. Be in the family. It starts there, okay? So we talked about in a natural way, born or adopted. Interesting enough, and I've never thought about this, but Scripture says we're both adopted into the family of God and born into the family of God. I think God covered every base there. I think we're good to go to know that we're in the family of God. Now, I, I remember as a kid, maybe you had uh, some friends or family friends. They, they, they did fun things or great things. They'd do an exotic trip. Anybody here ever say, hey, uh, I'd like to be adopted into your family? Anything like that? I, I, would, I would remember they were going to some cool place or got a brand new car or something really cool. And so my, my joke was, hey, can you adopt me into your family? 
Well, there was something about that family that was appealing. There's something about God's family that is appealing as well. We are adopted. We are invited by God. He says to us, come and be a part of a great, eternal, amazing family. Let me read to you in Ephesians. God decided in advance. So way back before we were ever born as human, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. If you're taking notes, would you just circle, it gave him great pleasure? How amazing that you and I today, if we're a part of the family of God, brings great pleasure to God that we're a part of that family. Not only are we adopted, but we're born into it. In 1 Peter, we read, it is his boundless mercy that has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. So let me talk about being in, okay? There's a difference, all right, of being in a family or visiting a family. You all agree with that? Okay. You ever invite anybody over for dinner? Were you happy when they left? Don't answer. I've been to a few of your houses. I don't want to see your hands, okay? Here's the reality, okay? There's a difference in somebody that comes and has dinner and goes home and somebody who goes to the store, buys the dinner, fixes the dinner, entertains and is hospitable during the dinner, and then when you leave, they clean up the dinner and then finally get to bed. There's a difference. There's an ownership. There's a participation. There's a part of being a part of God's family that is different. A lot of times people want the family of God privileges without the family of God responsibilities. And being in is a big deal. It is big to the kingdom of God. It is big here to the local church at Castle Rock, Highlands Ranch, and Lakewood, those that are watching online. It is big that you are a part of this family of God, that you are in. Be more than a guest. Be more than just someone who comes, all right, and maybe takes a little bit of this and a little bit of that and is really a part of the family of God. Now, I, I know I've heard this over the years. People say, well, boy, the family of God, the church, it's hard to get connected. People there, uh, I don't like them and they don't like me. So what do we do? How do we get connected? And I think that you're really missing an opportunity. There are so many ways to be in the family of God. We create opportunities for on-ramps, for relationship, for people to find out things. I was thinking about this. If you came and said, where you're at in your spiritual maturity where you are at in your interests, your passions, I can show you where you can be a part here of the family of God. Let me give you an example, okay? Um, I don't know where you stand on guns. Um, I didn't really think about them until a few years ago. And I had uh, someone invite me uh, to be a part of a new group at JFC, uh, Phil and Lori, it's her vision. She said, hey, we really like shooting. Are there some people at JFC that might like that? I, and I knew there were. I knew that uh, everybody in the security team, they like shooting. <laughs> so don't one of you get out of line. <laughs> and so I thought, wouldn't that be a great way to bring people? And so we get together and we go to Chipotle's over by the gun range and then we go to the gun range, Okay. And the idea of Chipotle is to sit down, have a meal, get to know each other, and then go shoot these targets all to pieces. What a great day. How good is that? 
All right, so just uh, for fun, we started calling it Burrito and Bullets. <laughs> so is this funny? We go to the gun range. They look at us. You're here for Burrito and Bullets? Yeah, that's us. We got a whole line. It's awesome, okay? Now, not everybody here is into guns. Not everybody here likes shooting. We got people that like golfing. We do a lot of golf stuff. We got a tournament coming up. Tons of people have already registered. It's awesome. We got people who want to be a part of this event in our golf and they're sponsoring. They're going to be at a hole and they're going to meet people and talk to them and share maybe a product or a business, but they want to get to know more people at GFC. There are so many ways. There's Life Plus, which is 50 and above. There's Singles. There's our arts community. These are just a few of many, many that I don't even know. Sometimes people come up to me and say, hey, do you know we're doing this or we're doing that? And I'm like, that is awesome. No, I didn't know. Well, I should know, but I don't, but it's okay. Let me just tell you this. I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I, I consider this a great, great honor and privilege. Number one, to be here at GFC. We have an amazing church. Pastor John, his leadership, his vision, his heart for God, his heart for you is amazing. And every campus pastor and every pastor on this staff, I know firsthand are first-rate pastors and wives. I'll, I'll tell you, just to be here. Now, I was thinking June of this year, I've been privileged to be a part of full-time ministry for 40 years. Isn't that amazing? You didn't know I was that old, did you? How, how many of you thought I was only 40? Raise your hand. Security? <laughs> Get the guns. Anyway. So let me tell you this. I have 11 grandkids been married for 43 years. I have three children. Let me tell you what I know about earthly families. They're messy. We've had rough days. We've had great days. We're still learning how to live life. Families are messy. Would you give an amen to that? Okay. Some are more than others. Some are more dysfunctional. Some are more heart uh, felt troubled more and more. But let me tell you, they're messy. But I can tell you this, 40 years, church family is messy as well. And I think the issue is that people have an expectation or a struggle with the church. We're Christians. We know God. God's spirit's powerful. God's wonderful. There's love. It's taught, blah, blah, blah. And we're thinking, why isn't the church a better family than maybe my messy family back at home? You want to know the real reason? You, me, all of us. We bring our stuff. We bring our mess. We bring our heartache. We bring our... All the things that we're dealing with, and we gather together as a corporate body, and we're all together under one roof. It's going to be messy. Should we love each other? Absolutely. Should we grow? Absolutely. We'll talk about those in a minute. So here's my heart, and I'm saying this as a pastor of many years. Some of you don't want to get in. You'll come on the weekend. You'll check your box. You'll go home. But your heart has been determined to not be in. You want to do what's right. You want to hear the word, but that's it. That's the level. That's it. And somewhere along the line, and I know, I've had a lot of conversations, you got hurt. And you just decided, I'm going to shut that door. I'm not going to get hurt anymore. I urge you today, I urge you today, in this messy, crazy family of God, give it another chance. There's healing. There's hope. There's process that God wants to give you through that. Some expected more. Some thought it should be perfect. Some thought church should be different. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. You don't think us pastors talk about that? Not you. 
We talk about being perfect and doing a lot of a better job. Some of you have made a decision that church is just something that you go to and something you're not a part of. Some of you have made this world your home. The values, the interests, the loves, you've made this world your home. And there's not room for God's family. Some of you are here today and you're still searching for family. And I think you're in a great place for that. Because I'm going to tell you, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to have a lot of issues. But we're going to struggle and learn how to be a great family of God. Now, the second point is grow up. Grow up. Now, I want to clarify that, okay? Because that can sound a little condemning. It's not really meant to be, all right? I learned early on in my marriage there are three things that I should never say to my wife. Number one, oh, grow up. <laughs> Number two, you're just like your mother. <laughs> I told you, messy, messy. And number three, the worst. Would you just shut up? Oh, come on. You've done the same thing. This was years ago. Hey, one, two by four at the side of the head. You never say those things one more. Okay. But you know what? If, if you tell a baby grow up, are they offended? No. Tell a little kid, hey, let's grow up. They're not offended. Who's offended? People that should be grown up. Think about that. People that should be more along in that process. And so if you're offended here, I want you to just really think about the idea of, hey, that offends me. You shouldn't be so judgmental. I'm not. I'm saying how you look at it is how you're going to receive it. So let me tell you how we should look at it. In Ephesians 4, instead, we will speak the truth in love. I'm here to do that. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. We're to grow in every way. I want to keep growing. I want to grow up in a lot of areas of my life. I'm not offended by that. I'm not troubled by that. I know there are areas I need to grow up in. Now, Scripture uses two words to describe a new believer. One is the word infant. It's called nephios. It indicates someone who is dependent on others. And the portions in Scripture, when you talk about an infant like a child, that word is used. The second word of a child is called technion. It's similar, but it's a word used more in the sense of affection. Like as a, as a grandfather, I would use that term to one of my grandkids, all right? Now, everyone here, we talked about earlier, you all raised your hand, you started out a baby. Good start, okay? All of us in the kingdom, in the family of God, start out as babies, how many would we agree today that it's not good to stay a baby? Security. Just a few hands. We missed. So listen to this. Let me give you something really good. The key indication of where you are in this growth process is how much you are spiritually dependent on others. Did you all get that? I know, being a pastor, that I've just seen a lot of people that were older in age, but not very old and mature in their spirituality. Because it was all about them. It was all about their preferences. It's all about, look at, I have preferences. You have pre all this comes into our body today, our church family today. All those are apart. Okay? But let me just say this. 
if someone else is having to feed you spiritually and clean up your mess, you still might be in a nursery. Now, I know that's tough. And I speak that with a great love. Because many years into my faith, there were a lot of things I had to grow up spiritually on. I was very self-centered. And a great joy is coming in growth in an area of my life where I'm able to nurture and help other people. We should help babies. How many know that babies need help, right? All right, you don't just have a baby. See you later. Good luck. No, what does a parent do? Man, they have a blast. They love that. I was watching little uh, Ezra last, somewhere back here walk uh, earlier. is his first step kind of a thing. And he just, he just trotting away, having a good time. And that's a joy to see that. Do you know I don't expect him to run in the Olympics this summer? No. I wasn't back there berating the little boy, saying, hey, dude, pick it up, man. You ain't going to win anything. <laughs> You got you to gotta do better than this. I was just amused and enjoyed seeing every little step he'd take and then he'd fall back and then he'd get up and go again. Isn't that wonderful when we see that happen? It is wonderful in the family of God when we're together, connected, helping each other to take those steps, to grow in those ways. But when you refuse and say, I'm not growing, you need to realize that as long as other people are having to do that for you, God wants you to grow up. Now, uh, Brenda, okay, and maybe a lot of the ladies, I know when babies are born, you go to the nursery and you look through the window or you see the baby. Now, I got to confess to you, I don't have this gift that they have. They look at the baby and they say, oh, look at that baby. He's got his mother's eyes and he's got his father's nose. Anybody here just look at it and see a baby? <laughs> I'm like, Really? Really? They all look the same. Pick one. It's okay. Take one home. I look, I can't see eyes, nose, ears, nothing. That's just me. But I'll tell you what, when they're, when they're young adult, when they start, I can, I can see it then. I say, you know what? Hey, I can see. He's got his mom's eyes. He's got his dad's nose. I can see then. All right? It's easy for me to see later on in life with time the characteristics of a father or mother. Same is true in the family of God. Let me ask you this. Do you look more like your heavenly father? You've heard this said, he's his dad's kid. Sometimes that's not said in a good light. He's his dad's kid, but it can be said of a child who's a lot like his dad. So there's a lot of ways to grow. You have to want to, that's first. And difficulties, that's second. Other people are a part of that, and that's my third point. Give to. T-W-O. Now you're thinking, Terry, you misspelled that. Spell check, missed that one. It's not a typo. It's a play on words. It's about two. It's about us. It's about together. It's a process about living and giving in God's family in the context of relationship. If you see all of Jesus' ministry, the only time that he didn't do ministry with other people or was engaged with other people when he went away to be with his father. Amazing. He sent them out in two. He ministered to his disciples in groups. He had three close ones. All of that about Jesus was true. It was about relationship. I heard a quote this week, C.S. Lewis in his book, I think it's called Four Loves, says this. It takes a community to draw out 
all of a person. You bring out individually, as we know each other, parts of me that other people can't. And it's an amazing thing to see in the family of God. Our culture says today, and boy, it's a message pounded strong and loud. It's all about individuality. But the Bible says it should all be about others. Culture says it's all about yourself, fulfillment. But God says it's all about Christ. So let me just tell you, I've heard for years, and I I finally figured this out. I'm so proud of myself. I figured this out. I've heard for years, okay, about churches. Hey, get in a small group. Anybody ever hear that? We've said it. We've had groups. Listen, it's like you got to be in a small group. I'm going to tell you today, and I'm going to I'm just going to surprise you. You don't need to be in a small group. Okay. It's not about small groups. You know what it's about? It's about relationships. Think about that. Has a small group a great environment? Yeah. I don't think small groups work. But you know what works? Relationships. Back to those on-ramps, there are so many ways that you can get involved in relationships. Listen, here's what Galatians tells us. Let us not become tired of doing good. This passage is used in amazing different ways, but I want you to see it in the context of relationship. At the right time, we will gather a crop if we don't give up. So when we can do good to everyone, let us do it. Let us try even harder to do good to the family of believers. Instead of just getting mad and angry and taking things out on each other, we should really work hard at doing good. I want to share a few things real quick. For each campus, I was just talking to our campus leaders. Let me tell you what's recently happened. There's a lady named Betty at Castle Rock. Went through a difficult time. And I'm told that that Castle Rock campus surrounded her, did practical things for her. Folks were loving and helping her in an amazing way that just helped her get through this time. At Lakewood, uh, those there at Lakewood know Victoria. She's just the sweetest lady. She's always at the door greeting, very involved in women's ministries and so many other things there. She was hit by a car a little while ago in a parking lot. Somebody ran her over. And I will tell you, I know from Lakewood, Pastor Evan and that crew, they jumped in to help her in so many ways. At Holland's Ranch, Nick and Emily recently lost a baby. They were going through the heartache of that. And that church surrounded them and did so many things, both emotionally, relationally, practically, physically. They surrounded them. This is just recently. I want to just share my own personal testimony. Recently, uh, about a year ago, we found out Brenda had stage four cancer. And those that are friends here and know us and many of our church family just surrounded us with prayer. We went through chemo. It all went good. And her cell count dropped and her, all that good stuff. And so they wanted to watch it. She's been doing tests. And so we're back in, and they found a lot more has returned. We're facing that again. But our friends and our church family here continue to pray and surround us. We feel so loved. We, we feel because of the love, and these folks feel because of the love and the relationship that was here that we can face this stuff we're going through. If you want to benefit for being in and growing up, And having a part of a family of God, a relationship, it's going to come when you need it the most. And I'm telling you, that's such a big deal, an important thing. What's good for the family of God is relationship. It is togetherness. All right, now I know this. Okay, I've got a couple more minutes. I'm going to wrap it up. People say, well, Terry, you're a people person. Really? Me? (laughs) I love people. 
I love it. I don't know why, but I do. And they say, well, it's easy for you to have relationships. And I was thinking about that, okay? You know what? Here's the truth. Extroverts, they like crowds. You go to a party, the extroverts, they're in the middle of it. We like it. We're, hey, what's up? Hey, there's somebody else to say, hey, what's up to? I mean, we're doing our thing, okay? You know what the extro- introverts like? They just like a couple friends and, and a corner away from everybody. That's it. That's okay. But you know what? They're both in relationship. They're both surrounded by people, all right? Everyone here is relational. I think the difference is some of us are initiators and some of you are responders. Some of you will never go up to a person and say, hey, dude, what's happening? My name's so-and-so. How you doing? I'm part of JFC, blah, blah, blah. I always meet those people at Costco, <laughs> the initiators. Hey, Pastor Terry, I don't know who they are from anyone. You know, it's like, could be a good scam, you know? But that was just a bad idea, wasn't it? I'd give somebody. But everyone here is surrounded by relationship. Jesus says, all of the men, all men will know your disciples by your love for one another. Here's the neat thing. If I'm reading the scriptures right, it says that you can get to heaven with less than perfect doctrine. I mean, to make it clear, it is through Jesus Christ how you get to heaven. His grace, his work, his forgiveness, your acceptance of that. You can be very different in your doctrine about end times, about uh, eschatology, about uh, pre-death. You can be all different here about those things, okay? But nowhere in the scriptures will you find that you can get into heaven with unloving, broken relationships. Heaven is about relationship. People are the priority with God. The church, shouldn't we be a foretaste of heaven? Aren't we heaven on earth? Shouldn't relationship be a greater priority? Should be a part of our goal to have these relationships and grow and build with each other. Can I tell you this? You can give any great apologetic argument to anybody in the world, skeptics, no matter what. But let me tell you, you can't argue with love. You can't argue with relationships that stand out in an amazing way. So like a family in a house together in the house of God, we all share space and we're there to learn. I want to just tell you one real quick way. I'm, I'm, I'm just so committed to this. Yes, I'm the initiator, I'm the people person, but we did these block parties. If you haven't done one, you've missed it. You could do it today. You could be walking out and you initiators see some folks, say, hey, I'd like to get to know them. Hey, what are you doing? You want to go to Starbucks? You want to go to, you know, Chipotle's? You want to go somewhere? Or hey, you know what? You can go online, you can do that. But let me just encourage you, be a part of a blockbuster, blockbuster, block party. They're a great opportunity for you. I'm going to finish. We want to love till it feels good. But the way of Jesus is we should love till it hurts. So the final comment is, why not? Why not? The Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. His church family should be glorious. And when I see this, I have a dream, I have a vision, I have a belief that we, the family of God, can make a difference in the world that has fallen apart, that is just a mess. We can be a different And they see it in our relationship. They see it in our devotion to God. But more than us, they see the Spirit of God at work with us, the power of God at work with us. Why not be that church? Why not leave here saying, I'm going to get in. I'm going to grow up. 
I'm going to be a part of relationship. Why not be a part of that? <coughs> the Holy Spirit speaks to that. So let me close with this. Every bit of investment that you make in the family of God is worth it forever. So here's three questions. Are you in? Are you growing? Are you in relationship? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have invited us in to partake of an amazing family. Our humanness brings the mess, but your amazing love and grace and power brings the glorious. We thank you that you've invited us to share in that. Lord, we will strive with all of our hearts to be that family of God that will make a difference in the world we live in today, starting with our own individual relationships, our own families, spreading to our neighborhoods, our friends, our coworkers. Let them see something amazing and powerful about the family of God. Lord, help us, we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. At this time, I'm going to turn it over to the campus pastors. They're going to lead you from this point. Thank you for the privilege of being here.